to the Crossum Wrestling Entertainment Podcast. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to the Crossum Wrestling Entertainment Podcast. My name is Tyler, joined today by Mr. Dylan. Hello, Dylan. How are we doing? Good. Glad to be back. Missed this. I know. A little, a little absence. We're back. We had a little, a little bit of a hiccup a last week, break. but we are good to go. Uh, Dylan's camera is working this week, so I we know. get to see his face the again. Money maker is back. <laughs> so we are back up in action, and soon, Dylan, to be rejoined by the magician himself, oh, yes. to joining us. Hopefully, hopefully, coming back to join us next week oh, uh, is Noah Cross. The Magician, currently in Washington, D.C., so he is a busy, busy bee, Uh, but Dylan, it has been great having you as just me and you, but you know, you're more than welcome to stay with us if you are uh, willing and ready and gable. (laughs) Oh, see what I did there? Slapper right there. Uh, But yes, Dylan, you're always welcome on the Cross of Wrestling Entertainment podcast, and the people have seemed to enjoy having you uh, with us and arguing with you in the comments is always my favorite thing. Uh, so as much controversy as possible, all news is good news. We That's need true. that press, you know? That's true. Uh, but yes, everyone, we are back, both of us with functioning cameras, both of us with functioning StreamYard, uh, here on my Twitch channel, which is tbard underscore. We are up to almost... Well, let me check. I think we're at almost 350 followers now on Twitch. Let's see. 336 followers right now on Twitch. Uh, And we are still growing. And then also live on the Bard and Cross Entertainment channel. You can watch us live there or just find us anywhere that you find your favorite podcast for download. Uh, We also want to remind you that we are not a market substitute for AEW's Dynamite or AEW's Rampage, which we're going to talk about today, ladies and gentlemen. Who knows what the format will be going forward, but uh, AEW's on Friday night, so uh, SmackDown, you're next. Uh, You better look at... Just before we get into it, Dylan, I I guess I can bring this up. Uh, I find it comical that this whole time WWE and Vince McMahon has said that AEW Dynamite is not competition, yet now are crying about Triple H losing the Wednesday Night Wars. Like, wait a minute. What is it? Are they competition or are they not competition? You got to you gotta make up your mind here. Yeah. Uh, so a quick, a quick uh, word on that. What do you think about this whole uh, AEW finally being declared the winners of the Wednesday Night Wars? I think it's huge. I hope this means Vince is going to step it up in terms of product over yeah. there because AEW has been killing it for the last few years. <laughs> yeah. I mean, killing it. Yeah. It's, it's not even, they're not even in the same league no. when it comes to wrestling content. WWE, don't get me wrong. They put out good content, but it is not the same content that AEW is putting out for wrestling fans. Right. It's, it's more, and I've, I've, said it my whole life and it, it's not meant as an insult to wrestling but wwe is like a soap opera for men it, it's just it's more acting than it is wrestling which whatever i'm an actor <laughs> i do a lot of acting uh but the wrestling is going to improve hopefully at the hands of triple h and some other people over there we'll see we'll see but uh i i guess want to give wwe or uh excuse me i want to give AEW the congratulations that they deserve uh, because they have won the Wednesday Night Wars, and now we're on to the Friday Night Wars. Mm. So let's see what they can do on Friday nights. But Dylan, we are back at it with some AEW action. 
Let's see who we had lined up first here. Oh, yes. Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks versus the Seidel brothers and Dante Martin from Top Flight. This, what a way to start the show out. You had three incredible top rope high flyers versus potentially the biggest faction in all of wrestling right now. I would say probably the biggest faction. Yeah, I don't I, think I anything agree. beats them. I would agree with that. I really um, do. They, three incredible athletes going up against one of the best factions, though. So it was definitely something to look forward to. And, of course, commentary was joined by the greatest manager in wrestling right now. Don freaking Callis was on commentary for this match. Uh, Matt Jackson would swivel his hips after body slamming Matt Seidel doing I, who I'm trying. I cannot for the life of me think of who he was imitating there. He did. Yeah. Was it Dolph Ziggler? It almost felt like he was doing the Dolph Ziggler, like hands around yeah. the head. Like he was really, they tease us so much that there could be a WWE wrestler signing with AEW at any <laughs> moment. And that was the most Dolph Ziggler hip swivel I have ever seen in my life. So, Oh no! Maybe his contract's expiring soon. Uh, <laughs> his brother. Uh, I right. I don't know. His brother's already here. Oh, oh my god! Fun stuff. <laughs> but Mike would go into use uh, uh, two deep arm drags to take down Matt Jackson, uh, and Dante tagged in, but would be poked in the eyes where uh, by Matt to tag in Nick Jackson. Dante floated on air with a tremendous dropkick to Matt Jackson, and Kenny Omega ran in with a blindside shot to Dante. The Seidels rock, uh, rocket launched Dante onto the elite on the outside of the ring, which, again, that was a wild move, too. They really mm-hmm. threw him hard. Uh, Kenny Omega, however, would tag in and slap Mike Seidel. Omega palmed Mike's head and bounced him off the mat. The elite utilized quick tags and brought in Nick Jackson, who rammed Mike's head uh, into Kenny's boot. Omega tagged back in and put the pressure on Mike Seidel with an elbow and a near fall. Matt Jackson tagged in and stomped a mud hole in the Mike Seidel, and Kenny came back in with an elbow to the back of Mike's head. Um, the Elite would then go on to triple-team Mike Seidel, and Matt Seidel eventually got away to tag in with a matrix of moves on the Elite. After a fisherman buster suplex on Matt Jackson, Matt Seidel got a near fall on Matt Jackson, and he applied a grounded Cobra Clutch, which Cobra Clutch was one of my finishing maneuvers when I did backyard wrestling. Dylan, I don't know if you knew that, but that was my finishing maneuver. Uh, And Matt Seidel assisted his brother, but Kenny would hit a snapdragon suplex on both Mike and Matt Seidel. Dante Martin got the hot tag and delivered a big right hand to Matt Jackson. He followed up with a Tope Suicida on Kenny Omega. Dante used a swan dive Hurricane Rana on Kenny Omega on the outside, and Bedlam broke out in the ring with all the competitors trading offense, but Kenny Omega, of course, came out on top. Omega stopped Dante in his tracks by planting him across his knee, and Kenny connected with a V-trigger. Kenny attempted the one-winged angel, but Dante countered. Dante reversed a Tiger Driver 98, but he couldn't close the deal. Omega dropped him with a one-winged angel, and the Elite used the BTE trigger. Kenny Omega eventually scored the pin on Dante after a triple-team assault. So an absolute flurry of a match. This was a high-speed start to the night, Uh, but it did not end with that pinfall as Tony Schiavone would enter the ring after the match to interview the Elite. 
Don Callis grabbed the microphone from Shivani and began to run down the Pittsburgh fans, which not a good call. Pittsburgh is becoming one of the hottest wrestling crowds in the world, especially yeah. if it's with Britt Baker around yeah. in Pittsburgh, uh, because we'll, as we'll talk about later, they were on fire for Britt Baker. Yeah, they were. But yet again, another interruption. Christian Cage's music would hit and out came the challenger to Kenny's title. They said, look, it's Christian Cage, the Stamford Stooge. You're a little bit outnumbered this time, said Don Callis. But of course, Jurassic Express music would hit and Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus would come out. The number one ranked challenger for the Young Bucks belts came out to even up the odds uh, with Christian Cage. You're getting your AEW title shot at All Out. Uh, I think you've got one of the best finishers I've ever seen. In fact, Kenny can't wait to kick out of it on September 5th at All Out. Because remember, they are facing each other for the title at All Out, the AEW championship that is go back to the bench and wait your turn did you really think that kenny omega was going to wrestle you here tonight in pittsburgh said don Callis. and of course he uh christian had a rebuttal and he called him a carny jagoff (laughs) it's like wow that's pretty rude he said he talked to tony khan himself this week and he said you're right it is locked in kenny omega versus christian cage for the most prestigious prize in the sport the AEW world championship at all out but in case he's counting wrong Kenny, you've got more than one championship. And guess what? I will be challenging you for the Impact Championship this Friday night on Rampage. Absolutely bonkers. And they would also go on later to announce that the uh, Jurassic Express would be challenging for the AEW Tag Team Titles next week on Dynamite Dylan. I mean... What a start to the show. <laughs> Major announcements right there. Absolutely. Take it away. What do you think of all of this? You uh, match, apart. match was great. It's That's how you open a show. Anytime Kenny Omega and the Unbooks are on that, that screen, you're yeah. drawing people in. Absolutely. The crowd's going to love it. And you put three high flyers against them. They had a good match. A nice opening match, which they've not failed at. I honestly can't recount a time where they've started to show slow. They bring the heat. And what announcements to follow that. Incredible. Incredible yeah, match set for Rampage, which we'll talk about. Look at that picture, first of all. What an <laughs> awesome graphic. Yeah. That is a beautiful graphic. I hope Rampage sticks with this this uh the lights and the lightning all I like it. I like it. Yeah, all it's definitely that. it's a it's a good look for sure. And what a tag match set for next week. I really good tag team title match coming up next week. And again, it could go either way. Both of these matches, either way. I, I don't think this is the downfall of the Elite, um, but I Never think know. they have a great shot at winning those tag titles yeah. next week. Um, but we, I'll, I'll give you more of a reason why when we start talking about yeah. Rampage later on. Uh, right, right, right. But it is definitely looking to be something exciting next week. If they can keep this level of hype, for yeah. at least a sustained period of time, at least till hopefully the greatest in the world shows up, um, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. Uh, the hype will be off the charts if that happens. <laughs> like for years to come, there's going to be no. Oh that that'll be one of the biggest moments in wrestling history. Um, yeah, so ever beyond excited to see what they can do with that. Uh, a match I was kind of looking forward to because I don't know too much about Daniel Garcia. I'm not sure if you were familiar with him. I'm in the um, same boat as you. But I, really don't know I was like, know. all right. I mean, if Darby Allen's going to give him the rub, let's see yeah. uh, Let's see what he's worthy of. So we would move on next to Darby Allen with a sting, of course. 
versus Red Death, Daniel Garcia with 2.0, which is Jeff Park and Matt Lee. Uh, Daniel Garcia would stand toe-to-toe with Darby Allen last week, but he wrestled a lot this week on the independent scene, including, apparently, a 60-minute draw with Wheeler Yuta noted Excalibur. So he had a 60-minute wow. match earlier this week in an independent ring, which is bonkers. If you've ever yeah. seen a 60-minute match, those matches are usually nuts. Uh, so they locked up in the ring with Garcia forcing Darby into the corner turnbuckle. Garcia put pressure on Darby's left arm and then worked over his wrist. Garcia transitioned into a backslide, but Darby would escape. Darby shoved at Daniel Garcia and then applied a Fujiwara armbar. Garcia grabbed the rope immediately to force the ref to break the hole. 2.0 would distract the ref, which allowed Daniel Garcia to gouge at Darby Allen. Garcia whipped Darby into the turnbuckles. Garcia would continue to manipulate and dismantle Darby's left arm, where Darby tried to rally back and climbed up to the top turnbuckle, eyeing 2.0, but Garcia pushed Darby from behind. Garcia applied a hammer lock to Darby and then stomped away on Darby's head. Darby's boot touched the bottom of the rope, and he managed to get the ref to break the hold. I mean, up to this point, Garcia has been dismantling Darby Allen, which is not something we see very often in a Darby match. Garcia would go on to slap Darby, and Darby had had enough at that point. He chopped away at Garcia, and Darby went for a coffin drop, but Garcia countered it. Darby fought back with a stunner, and then he did connect for that coffin drop, pinning Garcia. A immediate turn of events. Yeah. 2.0 tried to get involved, but of course, Sting moved in and made quick work of them. Darby Allen and Sting made the 2.0 pay for their loud mouths. Uh, Darby Allen and Sting are together. Or, excuse me, this was a line that we had written because Jim Ross put a great comparison online. And I don't say nice things about Jim Ross very nice, but this was hilarious. He said, Darby, Allen, and Sting go together like sauce and ribs. <laughs> Jim Ross, right. He's never going to change. I was He's like, never- oh, fantastic. <laughs> <sighs> so another decent match here. What? Um, yeah. We're both big Darby fans. Of Your course. mother loves Darby <laughs> Allen. <laughs> yes, she uh, So you can't live in that household without being a Darby Allen fan. Um yes. I'm a big fan of everyone in this match. Now I did not know Garcia and I wasn't, I knew of 2.0, but I wasn't that well-versed on their action. Uh, Personally, I thought it was a pretty decent match. Um, It really showed that Garcia is going to be someone to be reckoned with or not to be reckoned with uh, because he is someone who can really hold it up with the best of them. He held this match for the most of the, for the big part of it. And it just took a few big moves by Darby to win it. Uh, But if he could avoid that in the near future, Maybe he gets a win over Darby Allen, but Dylan, That's what did awesome. you think? I you hit all the points that I was thinking here. Garcia really showed himself on the main stage, and I got news from a friend of mine. My buddy Dan texted me saying Daniel Garcia is the limitless wrestling world champion, so he is a pretty big. Oh, name okay. To have in uh, AEW. Very cool. Oh, so that's pretty good. And 2.0, I, I wish he had a different name. I'm not really sure that tag yeah. worked. Need something new. From that other company that we mentioned earlier, it's interesting their their role. I like seeing them on the on AEW though. Yeah, who who are these WW? I mean, what? What? <laughs> that word is banned. Who said that? <laughs> so yeah, again, they really uh, this match just kept the momentum. Mm-hmm. It kept this uh, this episode's momentum rolling, which would go into see some people that we love to see in action again. We had the. Best friends of Wheeler Yuta, Orange Cassidy, and Chuck Taylor. 
uh, versus Matt Hardy and Private Party. We just talked about Wheeler earlier. So Wheeler was the other half of that 60-minute match. So definitely exhausted uh, coming into this night. But uh, again, these were... Look at the competitors in this match. These are six guys who could be solo competitors, never mind having them in tag teams. Um, So very exciting to see it. But Orange Cassidy would start the match off by grabbing Matt Hardy's hands and cradling him for a near fall. Hardy retaliated with force and a side effect slam on Cassidy very early, which I I was shocked to see him get that move off early. Uh, Mark Quinn and Isaiah Cassidy tried to double team Orange Cassidy, but of course Orange Cassidy would tag in Wheeler, who jumped off of Orange Cassidy's back. Private Party surprised Yuta with their silly string maneuver, which, again, is still something. Even though they're heels, I love love watching them. (laughs) Um, Wheeler had a window of opportunity open after a double drop kick on Private Party, but the bunny would push at Chris Statlander, and then Nyla Rose ran out and slammed or ran Statlander into the edge of the ring. Chuck Taylor would take out TH2 with a top rope con Hilo. So chaos reigning supreme in this moment of the match. But eventually it would come back in as Taylor powerbomb Cassidy onto Mark and then used a a spinning Liger bomb on Mark Quinn. Orange would smash Matt Hardy with a DDT and then a Tope Suicida and Wheeler would hit a splash off of a top rope on Mark Quinn for a near fall. Yuta was fighting against the odds against Private Party, where they nailed Wheeler with the gin and juice. And by the way, this gin and juice, this is if you were to ever have a wrestling show and uh, re- like a not a planned wrestling show. This was the most brutal looking gin and juice because it didn't look like he was exactly ready for it because uh, it looked like he hit really hard. But um, luckily for them, Orange Cassidy would break up the pin. Matt Hardy nearly took off Wheeler Yuta's head with a twist of fate and then would go on for the pin victory. Matt Hardy has a look of a man who's counting all of his money, would say Jim Ross. Uh, Again, man, the wheels kept on turning in this match. I mean, what do you have to say about this one? I got to say, this match started, and I didn't know which way it was going to go, which is a great feeling to have in wrestling, where it's not just, oh, that's the winners. Right. Uh, And to be fair, I was surprised when Matt Hardy got the win. Yeah, and the the pin. Like, usually he just lets someone else take the pin. He said, I want some credit today. (laughs) Uh, So he took it, and again, the pace all night kept going. It was great. Yeah, they really – this is one of the shows. They've had a few shows where there's been, like, dead moments yeah and not to call anyone out specifically but the women's division match is usually the one that hurts them the most yeah. unless it's someone like Britt baker or nyla rose chris statlander uh the bunny has been doing incredible yeah. things on tv lately uh and on youtube she's really been someone to watch um so this has been a constant rolling wheel tonight uh and you know we can only hope that it would continue up to this point uh, but we did have a quick backstage interview with Dasha, uh, interviewing Andrade El Idolo and Chavo Guerrera, Guerrera, Guerrero, yeah. <laughs> uh, saying, you are very ungrateful, Pac, but be careful what you wish for, said Andrade El Idolo. Pac, you're going to find out who the boss is at All Out, added Chavo Guerrero, setting up a match for All Out. Oh, I mean, Come on. <laughs> wow, Come on. Pac versus Andrade. Give me that. Give me that. Wow. Take wow. my money. Exactly. <laughs> Can you believe that not a single match until uh, the Christian match was booked? So this is now the second match booked for All Out. 
Before those matches were booked, the tickets went on sale for All Out and sold out in less than 20 minutes. Without a single match being announced, it sold out in 20 minutes. That's bonkers. And now already, with just those two matches, I I would pay $40 for the worst seat in that stadium just to see those two matches. Right. And they still have another two and a half hours to fill. (laughs) Crazy. That yeah. there's those two incredible matches. And while we're on the topic of Andrade Alidolo, did you see what happened last night, Mr. Dillon? Of course I did. At AAA Wrestling? Of course I did. Wow. All I got to say. I mean, there's one word. Do you want to say well, it or should I say it? We could do it at the same time. We Three, two, one. Woo! <laughs> oh, my God. I couldn't believe that. The that nature was boy was on AAA Wrestling last night and went out to assist Andrade taking out Conan and Kenny freaking Omega. Andrade is next. If he is not the one, if he is not, uh, if Christian's not the one to beat Kenny Omega, Andrade Cienamas, well, that's not his name, El Idolo, is next. Is next. I I agree. What a moment. He's so good. He's so good. That was amazing. And it looked like he was just going to come out as maybe like, a, oh, hey, yeah, I'm here. But he got in the ring yep. delivering chops and, and a chop. right hook. Yep. And then he put Conan in the figure four as Andrade great. did the same thing to Kenny it Omega. Was great. And I, I'm all for that. I'm I am too. And, you know, the haters are going to hate on this comparing. Uh, the worst comparison I saw was, oh, my God, this is just like Goldberg. I'm sorry. Did you just compare Goldberg to Ric Flair? That's brutal. If you're going to try and say two old guys in the ring, sure. But Ric Flair at 72 still looks better than what Goldberg is going to be able to do in WWE. Uh, So, hey, he's not all elite yet. But uh, if there was ever a sign. I would love to see him a part of uh, what Andrade's got going on. Him, Chavo. Oh, man. I'd like it. Just call him the family. Yeah. The family. Make him some, like, uh, cartel-type fucking group. (laughs) (laughs) He's, like, running his cartel. Rick's got, like, eight rings on his fingers. (laughs) He's all blinged out. (laughs) Always showing up in limos. I'm all for it. If that's going to be a faction... Oh baby, that maybe faction wrestling is the thing that needed to be a thing because AEW, I can't count them. There's so many. Um, So I mean, we hated it at first. If you remember, we were like, "Oh God, this is there's too many. I can't keep track." But if this is if it's just gonna be like faction wars, it was something I I did want in wrestling. If you asked me a few years ago, I'm like, that's what's missing. There's not enough. Yeah, you can have guys supporting you, and you can have guys. You know, that's just a part of wrestling. Yeah. It's, it is what it is. And in here, where factions matter, you want people to have your backs? Like, faction runs AEW. And records matter in AEW. And to have someone to have your back is huge. So it makes sense where right. somewhere in WWE, it's not as necessary. Uh, because wins literally don't matter, don't as you can see by some of who of the champions are right now. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, we would move on, as we're doing right now, to the galaxy's greatest alien. Bang! We had Nyla Rose with Vicky Guerrero versus Chris Statlander with Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy making his second appearance. Both of these ladies making their second appearances on the night. A busy night in AEW. 
Nyla Rose didn't waste any time and attacked Chris at the sound of the bell. Nyla sent Chris flying with a pounce, and Nyla took down Chris with a released German suplex, which, beautiful suplex, looked very good. Yeah. Statlander fought back with a pendulum moonsault off of the apron and onto Nyla Rose. Again, these two were bringing it right out the start of the match. Nyla would choke slam Chris onto the ring apron, which, Dylan, if you, if you didn't know, the ring apron is the hardest part of the hardest ring. Hardest part of the ring. Oh, you yeah. did know that. I wow. Do, I do study my facts. <laughs> Nyla went up top for her diving knee strike, but Statlander did a handstand to avoid it. Nyla answered with a modified spear, which, man, as janky as that moment looked, it was kind of funny. Yeah. They're going up top for this move, and then Statlander's like, ha ha, can't get, and then spear. It's like, oh, God, (laughs) brutal. Chris Statlander countered Nyla's offense, however, with a powerbomb, and then pinned her after hitting the area 451. Uh, Tony Schiavone would go on to say that Chris Statlander could and should be champion here in a very short order which coming from tony oh my yeah. god you talking against Britt baker right now you better be That's, careful i can't wait to hear her say something about that <laughs> <laughs> the young bucks however were next seen backstage nick jackson said that their match next week against jungle boy and luchasaurus is going to be an easy layup and as he attempted to hit the layup with a basketball jurassic express stuffed him adding a layup of their own to add salt into their wound uh Again, these ladies kept the ball rolling again. This It was a high-energy match, much shorter, which for a women's division that is hurting, maybe not a bad thing. Just fit what you're good at into that time period, and it'll be good. How would you like this one, Dylan? I really like this one. These are two of the, in my opinion, the three biggest stars in the women's division. Yeah. How they build people. Obviously, Britt's at the top. She's been running the division even while not as champ. Now she is champ and she's running the division. Really? And then I'd say Nyla Rose is your second biggest name followed by Chris Statlander. And to have those two one-on-one, huge. Yeah, absolutely huge. And it sets, it it kept Chris Statlander where she belonged as the number one contender. Uh, Not Red Velvet. Sorry, Red Velvet. You're going to have to uh, do a little more to impress me. You've been okay. She hasn't even been on TV. Right. It's just out of nowhere. It was a very random matchup for Rampage. Uh, but I get they do have a little bit of history, so it made sense. Yeah. Uh, but I would have much preferred someone else in that role. But, hey, it's we're fine. not booking the matches. Right, exactly. <laughs> we're just enjoying them. That's it. That's it. Uh, speaking of Britt Baker, however, Tony Schiavone was in the ring next to interview the AEW Women's World Champion, Dr. Britt Baker, D-M-D. And Baker received an absolute hero's welcome in Britsburg. Uh, she said she really can't comment on Red Velvet's rise because she can't relate. I've always been at the top of AEW, and I've always been the face of the division, and I've always been the baddest bitch on the block. But her fearlessness that I can relate to, I wasn't afraid to step up when this city needed a champion. I bleed black and gold just as much as anyone in here, so Pittsburgh, I present to you hope. Wow. What a uh, that was awesome! Like, she yeah. didn't even have to say anything else. Uh, but she said that and held up her title and went on to say, Red Velvet, you might have had a glimmer of hope if you were wrestling me in any other city, but not here in Britsburg. And the main event this Friday on Rampage 
Well, Red Velvet didn't wait long, coming down to the ring, charging Britt Baker, and the AEW officials, of course, separated the two women as to not as to uh, make us have to wait for Rampage to see these two go up against each other. Dylan, you Tyler. and Noah are going to be proud to hear it. I'm sold. Yes! <laughs> yes! Oh, I feel like I should call him right now. Give him the good news. He's probably still in the airport. I don't know if he'll be able to answer his phone call. Oh, that's amazing. But I am that promo alone was like, wow. I don't know if she wrote that ahead of time or if that was just off the cuff. But either That's way, amazing. that promo was so good. Right. Where I was like, I hate you, but. Come on. Come on. <laughs> that I, was so good. I was sensing in the way you were delivering that. I'm like, is he like not a hater anymore? <laughs> like, did I miss something in these two weeks? But yeah, man, I'm telling you, she's the best thing going in women's wrestling. Yeah, she looked incredible uh, this week. And uh, we'll talk again about her match on Friday. Uh, But wow, wow, wow. She really brought it this time around. Uh, And speaking of bringing it, we have some content that we would like to talk about from uh, from the C... Wow, CMG. Woo! CMG (laughs) company right now, guys. Uh, So I have some ads as well as a clip from one of my recent Twitch uh streams so just stick around and we'll see you on the other side rocky hill accountants offers a unique low pressure approach to professional and personal services which is why they have an excellent client retention rate and are extremely proud of the high quality services that their firm provides the executive team at rocky hill accountants has over 35 years of combined experience in income tax preparation bookkeeping accounting and it crypto tax they specialize in individual income tax preparation as well as trusts estates and gift tax returns the tax deadline for individuals is May 17th. If you're one of the 50 million Americans who still hasn't filed, visit RockyHillAccountants.com. The Giants are running New York like the times as Danny is dropping all sorts of dimes. Saquon's thighs are ruining defenses' lives and Leonard Williams making opposing QBs feel him. Receivers think it's scary to line up across James Bradbury and the Giants have a bright future led by coach, judge, jury, and executioner. Tune in to Drawing About the G-Men every Wednesday at 6, live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Twitch. Attention all basketball fans, CMG Sports presents the Posting Up Podcast, where Lucas Boldick, Sean Scanlon, and King Zay discuss the latest news and topics throughout the NBA. So, if you have a love for basketball, make sure you check out the Posting Up Podcast, live every Tuesday and Saturday on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Also available for download on every podcast platform. The college football season is coming back, and we got you covered on every game. We're breaking it down on each snap all season long. 
Catch us every week starting on August 4th. Joe McGuire, Sean Scanlon, Jace Garcia, and yours truly, Obi Muniz, giving you the highlights, predictions, and current rankings. Visit our website at hwshow.com and subscribe to our YouTube channel. It's all four downs, part of the CMG Sports Podcast Network. As always here at Clovercrest, we're having a lot of fun with our podcasts and other activities. Uh, so if you are interested in those, give them a look. And then you can also find my Twitch account, tbard underscore, at, on Twitch, of course, twitch.tv slash tbard underscore. Or you can follow us on the Bard and Cross YouTube page. Or you can find us on Facebook. We don't go live on Facebook right now, unfortunately, because AEW doesn't like us supporting them. Uh, so <laughs> we're just going to not that go live there until they stop. <laughs> That's the really mean way to put it. Uh, but mm. every time we go live on Facebook, we get this little like, hey, stop it. Uh, so <laughs> stop. stop. Stop doing that. Uh, so you know what? Uh, I will. How about that? Maybe I will just stop doing Jokes that. on you. Yeah, take that. So, yeah, no, uh, I'm very excited to continue with Twitch uh, and and Facebook and YouTube. We're doing very well over there. And, of course, the Clovercrest group is putting on some amazing content right now as well. Uh, but let's move on to what we are doing on the show right now, Dylan. So far, it has been quite the show. Oh, yeah. Uh, and we still had plenty to go with these guys taking the ring next. It was the Impact Tag. <laughs> that were on the line as you see the good brothers going up against evil uno and Stu grayson uh scott demore joined the commentary for this historic match who of course is from impact wrestling uh so we had to have some sort of uh representative of impact live for this match the dark order would show off their tag team prowess on carl anderson looking for an early upset but brandon cutler grabbed evil uno's legs and pulled him off of the apron cabana scared cutler out onto the ramp and the elite hunter Frankie Kazarian hauled Cutler away into the back. That at that moment, I was like, "Oh, are we mm, something's, yeah. something's going on." <laughs> Excalibur mentioned that there was some dissension amongst the ranks of the Dark Order last week with regards to respecting Hangman Adam Page's wishes. Only Colt Cabana was out there backing up Evil Uno and Stu Grayson tonight. Hmm. Interesting, interesting as to what that could allude to i'll talk uh, about that in a minute uh, of course it's coming <laughs> have, we have a few uh ideas potentially <laughs> uh grayson would step off anderson's back and ddt'd gallows grayson very nearly had gallows up on his shoulders but gallows escaped carl anderson tagged in but grayson launched him with a suplex Ivaluno hoisted up Carl Anderson on his shoulders, but Anderson, of course, slipped out, being the slippery man that he is. The good brothers were about to use the magic killer on Grayson when Evil Uno had it scouted and countered it. The Dark Order were about to perform their fatality, but the ref was distracted by Gallows. Anderson fired up the gun stun, and then they finished off Grayson with the magic killer for the pin. Dylan! Wow, this was yeah. pretty well done. Again, they yeah. really just kept the ball rolling. 
um, some guys that we both really enjoy uh, in the Dark Order and, of course, the Elite. Um, how'd you feel about this one? It was good. It was good. And I like I like the theme we're going to talk about in a sec, but the Good Brothers, man, I'm huge on them. And I was hoping this wasn't going to be a quick title reign for them. I want them to hold those for a while, especially if the Elite's going to have the titles. I want them to feel included. They're good guys, too. Yeah, um, but let's 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 talk about what we're alluding to. And the that's weird. Right? What do you? I don't know why they would split the group up like this. There's no you know, re- there's no reason. There's no free agents roaming around in wrestling right now, are there? Literally no free agents that I can think of. <laughs> Anybody who was just recently released who's like a dark I, figure. I don't know. Like there's this uh, like this guy. What's his name? Way Bryant. Way. I don't. <laughs> Listen, it? if Bray Wyatt. Signs with AEW, or as we should call him, Wyndham, yeah. uh, because we don't know what his wrestling is going to be. The cult of Wyndham. If there is a single faction in WWE that looks like a goddamn cult, it's the Dark Order. Uh, so to have Wyndham maybe take charge of half of the Dark Order, being the or, evil no side. True. Or merge them? What are you I was thinking? About to say, or he comes and he brings them together. Uh, see, to my hope, I really like their funny side. So, like, okay. for, for Silver and uh, Reynolds to kind of like go back to a darker faction, I don't see it as much. So the split right. kind of seems needed. I, I think the split's happening. I could see the split going. They go back to a dark side. You know what right. I mean? That's what it and should it, be if Wyndham takes over. And that's what I'm thinking. He carries on the tradition that Brody Lee had. Where before they were a darker faction, you didn't know what to expect from them. Until right, they were scary. They were a scary group. They had all the minions and all that. I'm all for that. You split it up, and this is how you make that first feud really interesting. You have Hangman come back, and you team with the guys who aren't sticking with the Dark Order. Instant feud. Yeah, sure. We don't know when Hangman's coming back because he's going to be off TV for a while because uh, he's expecting a baby. Right. Um, so. Let me let me put let me plant some seeds really quick. So if Wyndham takes over for Colt Cabana, Evil Uno, Stu Grayson, that's four. That's plenty. Yeah, uh, if that is the faction that does come out of this, fantastic. That leaves five other members uh, who are unattended to, who don't have a leader, who are looking to maybe become the greatest faction in the world, who are looking for a cult. Of personality. That's that's a little. <laughs> nah, that's a stretch. Who, I was liking where we were going before. Who is like CM that. Punk's biggest hated rival in all of the independent scene? I'll let you answer. Colt Cabana, Dylan. That's true. I don't, I don't see him Cabana. stepping in the ring with Colt. I also do, I don't You think like he's that petty that he wouldn't step in the ring with Colt Cabana? CM Punk's a very petty man. You don't he's think he'd step in the ring man. with Colt Cabana if it meant money? I think uh, you'd have to be very careful booking that match. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I think if we could get, well, of course, I think think both of them might because he's a man child. I think both Uh, of them might throw some real punches at each other, and uh, yeah, for AEW, that makes good TV. Uh, And then it doesn't have to be anything past that. Uh, They could have that big match, and then they go. CM Punk goes on to his own way. Maybe they just look for CM Punk for one match. They have the good versus the bad, and they're outnumbered, so they need one more person, and then. Shh, shh. I think that's a little too much speculating. 
Listen, we, that's what we love to do here. I know we love to. I just <laughs> I don't see that one happening. I don't see that one happening. Come on. <laughs> All right, fine. I'll give it to you. <laughs> yeah, it's probably not going that's to happen that way. But, I mean, if CM Punk could be the leader of a group, that would be the only place I'd see him going. Kind of kind of like he did with um, Nexus? the Nexus, right. Uh, a similar kind of vibe. But, again, they'd probably get hate for that anyway. <laughs> Right. Um, coming up next, though, we had Tony Schiavone, who would enter the ring with QT Marshall in the factory. That's a that was a bad decision, uh, and yeah. in, in itself, uh, so QT Marshall and Tony uh, got his words or said that Tony got his words twisted, and that Tony should be apologizing to him. And Tony was like, mm, "No." Uh, and Tony Schiavone's son, however, was sitting ringside. QT Marshall told Nick Camarado to grab Schiavone's son, Christopher, who apparently is an up and coming wrestler. Uh, and QT Marshall told told Shivani to apologize. Tony screamed an apology, but QT Marshall still hit the cutter on Shivani's son. But then, of course, well, no, that's not his song anymore. Uh, the Big Show, our Paul White, would come out and uh, defend Tony and his son. And uh, yeah, Aaron Solo, uh, I'm so sorry. You got pushed right into the uh, Giants' clutches and, of course, would hit him with a choke slam, which is, thank God, that's the move they're going to be going with for him instead of that stupid I weapon of mass say. destruction. Uh, that If they're going to do a choke slam, I'm all about Paul White stepping back in the ring a little bit. Um, but they went on to say, Excalibur, that is, that the incredible bond that Shivani and Paul White have formed on Elevation uh, is why we're seeing Paul White come out and just stare a hole through QT Marshall for the entire rest of that segment. Uh, so, Again, nice to see Paul White back in the ring. Uh, unexpected. Uh, I didn't think he was going to come out. I thought maybe someone who was a current wrestler uh, might be the one to step in. Like, uh, you know, I mean, not Cody because he's retired. He's a little, he's a little dead. <laughs> uh, but someone from the him. from the factory uh, would have been someone I would have expected there. But cool to see Paul White uh, stepping into a more aggressive role, which means Mark Henry, you might be next. Um, we'll see what they can do, but it's time, Dylan. Yes. It's time for the main event. The five, five, the five oh. labors of Jericho chapter four, the demo God versus Wardlow. Jericho would come out immediately taking the fight to Wardlow. But of course, Wardlow, like a horse swatting a fly was having none of it. He lifted up Jericho and backed him into the turnbuckles. Jericho fought back with a code breaker, which nice to see the code breaker. But yeah. Wardlow, of course, kicked out at only one. Uh, so Wardlow is not the same uh, kind of level superstar that Jericho has been fighting the last few times. Wardlow's a beast. Yeah. Wardlow would hurl Jericho across the ring with a vertical suplex type maneuver. And he sent Jericho to the outside with a clothesline. Uh, Wardlow rammed Jericho's head into the ring post where he pancaked Jericho with a massive powerbomb. Uh, Jim Ross, already sensing that the end was near, was fearful that Jericho may not get to fight MJF after all. And Wardlow again blasted Jericho with a second pair of powerbomb while MJF laughed on the ring outside, saying this is too good to the ringside camera. Wardlow continued with powerbombs one after another, punishing uh, accumulative effects on Jericho. It was nonstop power bombs. I mean, it was power. It, he was the equivalent of power bomb city bitch. Like he just, it was just constant. 
Uh, and then it was, I think Jim Ross who went on to say, if power bombing was a drinking game, we've had a lot of inebriated viewers right now. <laughs> <laughs> so a great spot from him again. He was on his game. Uh, <laughs> Wardlow sent Jericho for a ride with the F-10 and MJF, uh, of course, instructing Wardlow to inflict as much punishment as possible. As he went to pick him up, Jericho would sweep out the legs of Wardlow, applying the walls of Jericho. MJF raked Jericho's eyes from outside the ring, where MJF tried to pass his dynamite ring to Wardlow. Uh, but referee Aubrey Edwards would eject MJF from the ring, which I, I don't, I didn't think she could do that because he was right. part part of the stipulation. Right. But uh, all right. Uh, and as F ref Aubrey Edwards was dealing with MJF, Jericho grabbed his trusty baseball bat Floyd and walloped Wardlow with it. Jericho followed up with the Judas effect and pinned Wardlow. So still showing that the Judas effect is one of the most respected finishers in AEW. A one, two, three on Wardlow after a bat uh, hit was enough to put him away. Sean Spears, however, would come out ambushing Jericho, clubbing him with the rights and lefts, and Sammy Guevara jumped in to stop Spears. MJF returned to the ring and applied the salt-of-the-earth armbar submission. Jake Hager, hello, welcome back, uh, yeah. sprinted out to even out the odds for the inner circle. MJF would go on to say, Chris, next week, you're facing me. No Judas effect, no Judas music. You're going to be coming out here to dead silence, and if you hit me with the Judas effect, Chris... I automatically win. But, Chris, forget the stipulations because I'm going to make a prediction for next week. You're going to find out that you haven't just met your match. You've met your successor, MJF. Wowzers. Yeah. Uh, again, this was a good match. Uh, Jericho looked like he was going to be squashed and potentially lose before he can get to the end, uh, get to the finish line. Glad that wasn't the case. Right. Um, but I personally really enjoyed this match. It made Wardlow look really good. And that the only way he could lose was by a use of a foreign object. Uh, so I enjoyed it. Dylan, what are your thoughts? I had the same reaction. That was the best way to book Wardlow. That was probably the best booking they've done for Wardlow in his yeah. entire time in AEW. He looked great. He looked like a monster. He had to lose via a baseball bat and the finishing move while the ref was distracted. It was a really safe way to give him a, a loss and Jericho the win. Right. Continue this. Thank God, because, you yeah. know, they've been <laughs> he, his, some of his losses have I've questioned yeah, or some yeah. of his losses because uh, he really isn't the one that usually takes the pinfall. But right. this was a good look for not just Jericho, but also honestly, Wardlow. I'd say he got way more of a, a good look than uh, Jericho did in this one. And he, yeah, he it, needed it. I, I agree with you. Uh, so, Dylan, that was the end of Dynamite right there. Uh, I, I, this was one of the better Dynamites we've seen in a I, long time. Four and a half star plus Dynamite. Uh, like, I it was the same. Very, very good. But, Dylan, I'm just excited to talk about this next part because yes. we had the debut of Rampage. And not right. only did we have the debut of Rampage, it was Mark Henry debuting on commentary, which was awesome, with Chris yep. Jericho. Who else did they have on commentary? And Excalibur and Ex Taz. Yeah, Taz, Excalibur, uh, Mark Henry, and of course Jericho. Who Jericho? You can just like if you could just not just really. Like, I, I like him there. He's like too him. much. He's too much, especially on this rampage. This first one, it was like I, I liked him. I, I love Chris Jericho. Jericho. I love Chris Jericho, but he's like like just like. Just a little bit. Like anytime someone was talking, he's like, shut up, idiot. And then he would start talking. And it's like, oh, come on. 
Come on, let's 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 actually call the match. He did but, have a great moment with Mark Henry, if you can, if you recall it. He was like, "How many belts do you have, Mark?" Mark was, <laughs> "I just got this one holding up my pants. I was dying. It was so funny." He's, you can tell he's a little green too, Mark yeah. Henry. Like his backstage interviews, he was sweating his face off. Yeah. You could tell he was definitely nervous. Uh, but I think those are my only two crit- critiques of this episode. Like it was yeah. really good, um, and we not only. Or was it the debut episode? It started off with this. With the uh, main event of uh, pay-per-view type <laughs> feel to it. Kenny Omega <laughs> versus Christian Cage. No one at ringside uh, except Don Callis, but not really. Right. Um, he didn't really get involved until later on. Um, I mean, come on. For the Impact World Championship on AEW. Uh, <laughs> what a way to start off your first show. So as I was saying, the AEW and Impact World Champion Kenny Omega with Don Callis was up against the number one ranked for the AEW Championship, Christian Cage. Only the Impact Championship was on the line tonight, and Christian Cage would start the match off fast, applying a headlock to Kenny Omega. He followed up with a massive shoulder tackle to Omega and then gave him the middle finger. Right off the bat, we're realizing, all right, good, this is going to have the exact same vibe that um, Dynamite gives off. They're not. There's going to be nothing held back. Uh, Omega crick, cricked, kicked Christian Cage in the midsection and then chopped away at him. Omega was looking for the one-winged angel early, and then Christian tried to counter with the kill switch, but Omega rolled out of the ring to collect himself. Kenny took the driver's seat and tried for a sliding baseball dropkick, but Christian Cage, of course, a, the veteran he is, moved out of the way. Christian jumped back into the ring and used a sliding dropkick of his own on Omega. Christian Cage climbed to the top turnbuckle, but Don Callis distracted him, giving Kenny Omega enough time to shove him from his perch position down to the arena floor. Christian Cage was was right up off the mat against Kenny Omega, and Cage connected with a snap suplex on Omega. A, A snap suplex that was also ridiculously fast, too. I know it's a snap suplex. It's supposed to be fast. But for, you know, someone Christian's age, uh, it looked really, really yeah. good. Uh, the champ answered how, unfortunately, by gouging Christian's eyes, uh, he popped, propped Christian Cage up on the top turnbuckle and clubbed him with rights and lefts. Omega tried for a super superplex, but Christian Cage dumped Kenny Omega with a sunset flip powerbomb. Christian Cage called for the kill switch, but Omega hit him with a back elbow. Omega followed up with a moonsault for the near fall. Omega would then attempt a one-winged angel, but Christian countered with a reverse DDT, where Christian ran in for a spear, but Kenny Omega popped him up with his knee. He powerbombed Christian Cage and then crushed him with a V-trigger knee, and somehow Christian kicked out. Omega ran in for the V-trigger again, but Christian ducked, and Omega collided with the turnbuckles. Omega was fired up, though, and used two Snapdragon suplexes on Christian Cage. Christian Cage retaliated with a frog splash, beautiful frog splash, uh, for a near fall on Omega. But here comes the elite ring leader, Don Callis, distracting the referee while Kenny Omega hit a low blow on Christian Cage. Omega signaled for the Young Bucks, and the Bucks slid a chair into the ring. Omega was going to hit the one-winged angel on top of a chair, but Christian Cage reversed it and hit a kill switch on top of the chair. Christian Cage would go for the pinfall. One, two, three. Pinning. Pinning. Kenny freaking Omega. 
and your new Impact World Champion, Christian freaking Cage. I mean, oh my God, what a way to start this off. The Jurassic Express, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, run down to congratulate him. And the EVP of Impact Wrestling, Scott Demore, climbed into the ring to shake Christian Cage's hand. Uh, uh, wow. You want to talk about starting off your, you know, pilot episode, right? This was insane. Dylan, I think I've talked enough. You go ahead and lead off what you think about this match. Let me just say, wow. And this this match, let, let's start by this. For how good that match was, they're going to do it again. Oh, yeah. One more time. Bring it back around. They're going to do it again. And I would not be surprised if at some point Kenny's like, let's make this title for a title. I could see oh, okay. that I, I I'm, Oh, God, it. and he gets the belts back? Oh. It's possible. Ew. It's possible because <laughs> I say this only because TNA, or TNA Impact's next pay-per-view is the 20th of August, which he will be facing Brian Myers, by the way. That'll be fun. Yeah. That'll be very fun. Yep, two former edgeheads. Exactly. So that'll be a fun... <laughs> That'll be a fun match. It's very possible to add to the stipulation, because this is Kenny Omega, that you see this, the titles come back, or Christian wins all the titles. It's very Oh, possible. my God. Imagine. <laughs> the title's already on the line. He's already beat him once. I think this is the what they were waiting for to get the Impact Championship back on Impact. Um, the problem is Christian isn't really on Impact. Give, so. it, give it two months. Yeah. Give it two months, he'll lose that title to someone, uh, someone worthy, hopefully. Like, like, oh, I don't know, anyone, I don't care. Yeah. Someone, someone who's worthy. I mean, maybe we can get finally it's John Morrison. Maybe John Morrison could leave the WWE and go back to Impact where he belongs, uh, and win that title off of Christian Cage and stop using stupid little squirty bottles every single week drip on sticks? on the drip stick. Is that what they're calling it that now? Just Dis- disgusting, disgusting. It's hilarious, but uh, you got two. <laughs> Two top caliber stars using drip sticks uh, and wheelchairs and water buckets as your main. I hate it. I hate it. I hate. And it also kills off superstars like Elias. So let's just not do that anymore. You know. You know. That's how I feel about it. Um, But I don't see Christian holding these titles very long. He doesn't need it. Uh, But it is nice to see him having a title. Uh, But uh, if he loses it in three weeks uh i'm not going to be surprised um so here's here we here we go uh what a crazy start to this dylan i am just blown away that they would start off with this match i was blown away as well i really was at a loss for words i couldn't believe it it was awesome i was nearly certain that this was going to be the match that started off the night uh it was miro was going up against fuego del sol who i did not realize had so much love like he's this. got a huge fan base dear really god does. they love him they really um do. but before here let me take this down real quick and put christian back up on the screen before we get to that uh mark henry was backstage with christian cage and he said i was going i said i was going to take kenny's titles and i was going to start with the impact world championship uh and kenny omega is every bit as good as they say he is but i'm living in your head right now and if i know i can beat you that AEW World Championship is going to be mine as well at All Out. So he is definitely looking to become the newest belt collector. Mm. Uh, so that is going to be something to see. September 5th, man. Uh, listen, there's I, I got a lot going on September 5th, but you bet I am going to stop what I'm doing to watch that pay-per-view because yeah. I am very excited to see 
what they are going to do with that. But let's get into the next match while we have the time to do so. We have Miro versus Fuego Del Sol for the TNT Championship. Fuego Del Sol would surprise Miro with a Tornado DDT at the start of the match. He followed up with a second Tornado DDT, and Miro was rocked, seeing stars on the arena floor. Miro was also almost counted out, which, honestly, that's yeah, what I thought a, they were going to yeah. do for a sec. I thought they were doing that. Um, because on the line also was a contract for Fuego Del Sol to be on AEW's Dynamite. Um, but before the 10 count, Fuego Del Sol was waiting in the ring, and as Miro entered, he hit him with a third Tornado DDT. Fuego attempted for a fourth DDT, but Miro plucked him out of the air and smashed him with a Samoan drop, or, you know, we could just call it, you know, the uh, what were the Bulgarian drop? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we could call it uh, the you know and that uh, who who alluded to that was it Taz? He's like, no, it's a Bulgarian drop. No, it's Jericho. Yeah. Jericho's like, it's a Bulgarian drop, you idiot. <laughs> uh, so that's what that's what I'm calling it from now on. Uh, Miro would, however, go on to knock off Fuego's head with a massive kick, and then immediately applying the game over submission. And that was I, I don't think he even had it all the way in, and Fuego del Sol was tapping out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so. Listen, he got smoked, but this crowd is so on his side. Uh, and Sammy Guevara, who is Fuego's real, like, real life best yeah, friend, real life best friend. Uh, would come out holding a contract saying, Fuego, these people love you, and a lot of the guys back there love you too. Since you're my best friend, Tony Khan thought that it was only appropriate that I come out here and say that Fuego Del Sol is all elite. So Fuego is coming. To all elite wrestling, not that he hasn't been here already, but he is officially all elite. Uh, I mean, he looked good, yeah. and Miro sold the shit out of those tornado DDTs. Uh, so who knows? Maybe if he hit that fourth one, we might have had a new TNT champion. Uh, but Miro, the veteran that he is, uh, had it well scouted uh, and won that championship. Good to see the belt staying on Miro. I think he's he's going to start doing something with that very soon, having more matches. Uh, but he, he already does have five, now six, title defenses. Yeah. Uh, so he is defending it. People are saying he's uh, like a paper champion. I disagree. He's he's doing very well. Yeah. Uh, and we can't expect too much out of him when there's this. I mean, look at the array of superstars we've already talked about. Like, there's right. a, there are a lot of people on, these, uh, on the AEW roster. Uh, and some uh, are just top dogs like Britt. Baker, who demands that time slot that she is going to get for the main event well, of sure. Rampage. Sure. Like, of course, she absolutely killed it on uh, on uh, Dynamite with that promo, and people were very, very exciting. When her music hit, dear Lord, the reaction from that crowd for Britt Baker. Huge uh, pop. Oh, they absolutely popped it. And Excalibur went on to say it was a true hero's welcome yeah. uh, for Brit from Britsburg. Uh, Britt Baker immediately looked for the lockjaw right away. But, of course, we can't end it that quick. Red Velvet escaped. She countered with a wrist lock. They got to their feet and shoved at one another back and forth like, you know, a fifth grade fight about a juice box. It was one of those little, like, uh, shoulder-to-shoulder uh, shoving matches. But Red Velvet would get another wrist lock. And remember, Britt Baker has a broken wrist. So important to note that as we move forward here. Um, so she would get that wrist lock going to stomp on Britt Baker's injured arm, but hesitated, which bizarre. Don't know why she was doing that. I mean, I, I know you're technically a face, but come on. Um, 
Red Velvet would dodge Baker's charge from the corner, and Baker's injured arm smacked into the turnbuckle. Red Velvet dropped the champion with a leg lariat. It followed up with a moonsault press for a near fall. Uh, Excalibur going on to note that he thinks that Red Velvet is going to be the one to dethrone Britt Baker in her own hometown. Uh, Baker went for a clothesline, but Red Velvet blocked it, forcing more pressure on Baker's injured arm. Uh, Chris Statlander was shown scouting the match in the front row, so that's exciting. Definitely setting up who's going to be the next person uh, in a title match. And Baker was reaching for the lockjaw, but Red Velvet rolled her back for a two-count. Red Velvet ripped off Baker's glove and cranked back on her hand. Rebel jumped up on the apron and distracted Red Velvet, where referee Paul Turner ejected Rebel. Horrible. Uh, And Red Velvet nailed Britt Baker with a beautiful moonsault. Britt rallied back, however, with a curb stomp, which, by the way, I don't know if you heard it, uh, but when she hit that curb stomp, Chris Jericho goes, now that's how you do a real curb stomp. It's like, I did hear him <laughs> say that, and I, I, did, uh, I did grimace a little bit, but it was okay. Oh, my God. He's like, let me just punch through the fourth door or the fourth wall real quick and tell Seth Rollins what I really think of him um, because, wow, that was that couldn't have been more uh, passive-aggressive. Uh, yeah, towards WWE. Really, really did shoot that one. And that's <laughs> why Jericho is going to be on commentary now and then because he gives no fucks. <laughs> what you want to bet he went backstage, Tony was like, really? Yeah. <laughs> like, what are you going to do about it? <laughs> yeah. What are you going to do, not have me on Dynamite next week? I doubt it. <laughs> I doubt it. Uh, so Red Velvet would try for the lockjaw on Britt Baker, disrespectful. But of course, Baker countered it. And Britt Baker switched it up and trapped Red Velvet for the lockjaw, forcing Red Velvet to tap out, retaining her championship. After the match, Britt Baker continued her assault on Red Velvet, and Chris Statlander jumped the guardrail and came to Red Velvet's aid. Out of nowhere, however, uh, a woman dressed all in black attire began to hit Statlander and then stomped on her. It was Jamie Hayter. Coming back after two years, she was one of the original, if you remember, one of the originals of the women's division in AEW. Uh, But she's back after almost two years being gone. Uh, Very exciting to see someone of her caliber back in the women's division. Um, I mean, I think we all knew Britt Baker was going to win this match, especially with it being the main event. Could you imagine? you imagine she didn't win this match in in Pittsburgh? I mean, that would have been... I think a lot of people would have been crazy, especially there. That would have been bonkers, but man, holy cow, Britt Baker living up to the hype. Dylan, she's your favorite, so go ahead. Give me your uh, your your take on this match. Well, let me just say, main event was well-deserved. That promo we talked about earlier killed it. This match lived up to the expectations, you know. She elevated Red Velvet. She obviously was up there as well because she's just that damn good. Yeah, of course. And for a first-time show, you get one hour. They put on three title matches. It was a great show. This was the way to do it. AEW's on fire. I mean, this is a way to, to improve your women's division. You got it right here. They're doing it. And doing uh, it. I mean, a slow build, but they're doing it. Who knows? We might get uh, some flair added to the women's division at some point. Uh, but, you know, that's just speculation. This guy. At the, what? I didn't say anyone's name. It's, it's an adjective to describe something exciting. I don't know what what Dylan. I don't know what you're alluding to. Uh, I don't know what you're trying to say. Anyways, on AEW's Dynamite <laughs> next week, we have Sean Spears versus Sammy Guevara, uh, and Sammy Guevara apparently has a major announcement. Uh, do we want to speculate on what that is? I honestly, I have no idea. I have what? no idea. 
you're scaring me with this stuff. Like, what could it possibly be? Is he taking time away? Is there someone joining the inner circle? Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. But I again, honestly, this yeah. if, if Sean Spears wins this match, I'm going to be so mad. Uh, he better not. This better be a Sammy Guevara win. Hey, I'm happy either way. I, I do love Sean Spears. I think he's better than he gets a rep for. So. Look at him. He's terrifying. Exactly. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. He's great. And then for the first time in, God, what did they say, 17 years? Yeah. Darby Allen and Sting, or well, so Sting will be in action on, on TNT, which hasn't happened in forever. Darby Allen and Sting in a tornado tag match versus 2.0. Uh, I mean, after what they did to 2.0 when they were injured last week, 2.0 better be very careful because uh, these two are nothing to be messed with. And we saw what they did to Team Taz, so you better be careful. We also have also, also have the uh, fifth chapter of the uh, Jericho Trials. Uh, he's going up against MJF, and uh, you can't have your entrance music, and you can't use the Judas effect. Does does Jericho win this match? I honestly, I don't know, man. I think, I think this is meant for MJF to win. I do too, and I guess I'll give my take because I've been given crazy takes this yes. whole episode. MJF wins this match. Remember where this is taking place? Right. Uh, this this one's in Houston, so it's not. We're not in uh, Chicago just yet. So they're not gonna they're gonna save their big ammo uh, for for the Chicago show, yeah. but I have a feeling that he'll win, he'll beat Jericho, and he'll say something along the lines of, "I'm the best in the world, and you know it," and that will be the end of the show. That's where the That's show cuts. Nothing happens. That. That's it. Just shh. and then they could end it with like a, and then they just be <laughs> gone, <laughs> and then. On the uh, homecoming episode of Rampage, Listen, CM Punk. My hope, I I hope for CM Punk's debut, it's not a match. I just want to see him come out. Right, they oh, can sure. save that anticipation of a match whenever. Uh, it needs to. I think it needs to be two seconds, and it needs to be MJF who he comes out and attacks, and it needs to be along the lines of. I'm the best in the world, and you know it. Bang! Go to sleep. Hits him with the go to sleep. And that's it. Blackout. That's it. Goodbye. Yeah. See you next week. Um, I, that, oh. oh. That'd be because they, they're doing a Chicago show in Rampage, right? Correct me if I'm Yeah, wrong. so this Wednesday is in Houston, yeah. and then I believe Rampage is in Chicago on Friday. So um, I think to, to comment on what you're doing – have him come out all black, and you, you just attacks him, right? Because he's yeah. got a promo, whatever. He just attacks him. He never shows his face. He hits that go to sleep, and you cut the show, right? Right. You could have MJF not have a match at uh, All Out, and then cut his promo being like, whoever did it, you know, one of yeah. those. Come on down. Right. And then that's where he makes his debut, whether they wrestle or not. And he has to enter the cult of personality, right? Yeah, he does. He does. He has to. <laughs> Like, there'd be no way they don't use cult of personality. I just, like, all the speculation, no matter what happens, the world's going to go crazy. Right. It doesn't matter. And that's, This makes that, the most sense. It makes the most sense because Jericho's not facing MJF 
at All Out, which, right. in my opinion, was... MJF needs yeah. an opponent. So that was what I was saying. This is the only way it makes sense for that match to be happening on Wednesday. So, fingers crossed. That's all I can say. Fingers crossed. Plus, Daniel Bryan's in the mix, too. Who knows where he's going to be? Is, where is his debut going to be eventually, too? Because he's going to be a part of this. I, I Man, I have no idea. I, I oh, He could face so many people. I mean, maybe he'll go straight after Miro. I'd like to see him in a different role, but I, to start another, off, give him the TNT Championship, and that's that's and where he him, starts. Yeah, I guess that'd be fine by me too, because then he can face all these guys that I'm I'm thinking of the up and comings. Yeah, he could put people over. Of Miro's course, been doing a great job of it though too. I, I've been saying he's been really good. But that's not all we have next week. We have I this know. as well: the Young Bucks versus Jurassic Express. Uh, I mean, we, I think we both were on the same page that Jurassic Express might this win a, this match. This is one where it might be Please. for the Young Bucks. Please. I'm, put, you're begging. Put the belts on my boy, Jungle Boy. He needs a belt. He needs yeah. it. He's, he's earned could, it. This could be it, man. This, really this might be it. it. Dylan, I mean, we've had so much in this episode. I mean, yeah. like 10 matches plus, if not more. Uh, a wild week. We're going to talk. Uh, me, you, Noah, Kyle, about potentially having a second episode every week now. One to cover Rampage, one to cover Dynamite. Because this is, even though we got it in in a little over an hour, it is a definitely a lot of content to cover. Um, so to have two shows would probably be more cohesive and right. easier to function for all of us. Right, right. Uh, so I think that's something we can talk about moving forward is doing two shows. Uh, or even if we don't do two reaction shows um, or post-reaction shows. Uh, maybe Friday nights we do live reactions to the show while it's on air. Uh, so there's a lot of things going on. If you guys who uh, listen to the podcast or uh, watch us live, uh, just shoot us a message. You can find us on Facebook. You can come join us in the Twitch chat anywhere you want. Just let us know what you prefer, and we would love to hear your input on that. Uh, but just a reminder again, uh, we are not a market substitute, guys. So uh, make sure you're watching the all of the AEW's content live. And then come join us for our reaction and all our pictures and our opinions on all of this content. Um, but if you guys are a fan of podcasts, I mean, you must be because you're listening to us right now. CMG is the place for you to look for podcasts. We have, I think there's like 40 plus shows now on CMG. They are growing for a business that only started a few years ago. Uh, so anything you guys are looking for, sports uh, true crime. Uh, they have one about government and politics. There's all sorts of stuff you can find there. Just find one that you like. Oh, I found my window. Here we go. Uh, just find one you like, and you can just find something that you enjoy on the CMG network. And if God forbid you don't find one you like, start one for yourself for as little as $15 a month. CMG can get you started on your very own content. Uh, it is a great company to work with. Dylan and myself and, and uh, Noah have been with them for a, a little over a year now. So uh, it has been a lot of fun working with them. Joe is a great guy who can get you up and running on your dream to be a podcaster. But for now, for the CWE podcast, it is Tyler and Dylan signing off. We will see you all in the next one. Stay crossing.
listening to the Crossum Wrestling Entertainment Podcast.